Welcome back to the Sully Scoop, where three lifelong Husker bros dive in-depth on all surrounding the new era of Husker football, where our cups never run dry of the roulade, under head coach Matt Rule, made by fans for fans, with J-Sol, B-Sol, and T-Sol. The Sully Scoop is the official Nebraska Cornhusker football podcast, brought to you by Big Banter. We're back here on your favorite Cornhusker podcast. This is Sully Scoop. You're here with J-Saw, B-Saw, and T-Saw. And coming out of this week, we got a W for the Huskers. Three in a row. Longest streak since 2016. This is an incredible feeling coming out of Lincoln. And the Huskers, they are playing. It is ugly, but they are finding a way to win. And that is something we haven't seen recently from them. Yeah, not only is it the longest uh, win streak they've had in the last eight years, it's also the first time that this team has been undefeated in the month of October since 2001. How about that stat, guys? Undefeated in October. We're coming off three Big Ten West wins. Dare I say, we may never lose again. Well, B, so they definitely got us all feeling that way. And, you know, it, it feels really good knowing that the Sullys were at the game. This is the cleanest game Nebraska's played so far. Now, I'm not saying because of the turnovers. What? I'm just saying the Sullys. There's the no Sully way bros. this is the we're cleanest. The Sully bros. And yeah, we were at there's that no game. way. They, yeah, but there's no way this is the cleanest game right. they've played all season. Up to this season, it is. Up to this season, it is. Because you know what, Jay, so? They tried to go back into their familiar habits in the fourth quarter, two straight turnovers that led to two straight touchdowns, and the team put their foot down, scored another touchdown, and ran away with the game. And they could not figure out how to do that for the last four or five, six years. You literally just explained why it is not clean. They turned the ball over twice there. They were trying to give away the game. I'm not saying it was flawless. I'm just saying it's the cleanest game they played this year. Uh, T-Sol, there's nothing, there's nothing clean about the game when you turn the ball over like that. The offense couldn't even hold on to the ball. At one point, it felt like it was a hot potato game out there, and the goal was to drop it. This is another T-Sol, game we lost the turnover battle. You cannot come out here and say that it was a clean game. Yes, we came around with a victory for once in one of these types of games, but it was not a clean game by any standards. Well, to my standards, Jay Saul, it was clean. And that's because the defense didn't give up a single point. I'm putting everything on Harburg and Jeff Sims because, I mean, what are you supposed to do when they fumble at the 20-yard line? And what are you supposed to do when when the offense fumbles and they return it for a touchdown? The defense should have got a shutout. They got robbed of their shutout. And I'm telling you, it was a clean game. Like, the quarterbacks just got to hold on to the football, but ultimately the team still held on to the victory. Yeah, I I also got to point out here, the hardest takeaway that I had here is we the weather helped us in this game for sure. That that wind, Hudson Carr had a ton of passes that just hung up in the wind and that, you know, led to Tommy Hill getting two picks. It was nice to see Tommy, you know, break on the ball and take the ball away, but if that wind was not there or was a little more favorable, that first interception Guy was wide open. B-Saw, I think you've been playing. B-Saw, I think you've been playing too much pickup ball with people, blaming the wind and the yeah. sun and whatever else you can think of as to why you threw an interception. Look, Hudson it was a bad Card. decision. It was a bad throw. 
Absolutely. And Hudson Card, yeah, he might be a Texan coming from, uh, you know, Texas. But no, you. what is he going to use this excuse all year? It's only October here. It's the end of October. He's got a whole nother, you know, few games to go, at least four that – how is it going to go for him if this is a terrible game for him and the offense is going to stall if the weather is bad? He's playing in Big Ten football where it is cold 24-7. There's going to be snowy games, and they got to play Michigan still. Yeah, because so i got to ask you, when's the last time you heard Jalen Hurts complain that he threw a pick because of the wind? When's the last time they had Jalen Hurts drop back and throw the ball 32 times? I believe they did it last game against the Washington commanders yeah i don't think he threw the ball 32 times the eagles like to sit back and run the ball but we're not here to talk about the nfl we're here to talk about this game and break it down and i'm telling you right now hudson carr by far has been the best quarterback that nebraska has faced no should you is hand down hands would, down with sanders you're just gonna put hudson card over jj mccarthy like that that's and ridiculous. sanders you're you're coming out here blaming the weather and then saying he's the best quarterback <laughs> the Oscars have played all year. I'm, I'm telling the, you, he from get, what he put up 99 saw, yards. No, from what you 99 saw, yards with two interceptions. Yards. 99 he passing put up yards. Up he saw, passing he completed 50% of his passes. That's not that doesn't scream the best he quarterback we've seen all three season. yards per yeah. pass with two I'm, interceptions. I'm telling you right now, you guys and, must have not been watching the same game. Purdue dropped a ton of passes that hit their receivers in the hand. Catch when the he ball. was throwing the deep ball, it was dying in that wind in the first half. That was the issue for Hudson Card. Now, I have to tell you, our front seven looked good. They were getting pressure and this and that. He was wiggling out and getting away from sacks and making plays down the field. And I got to tell you, that's something that none of the other quarterbacks we faced were doing. Yeah, and none of the other quarterbacks we faced had a QBR of 10.6. This is a terrible take. Hudson Card sucks. He's if he's wants to, if you're gonna blame the weather, he's got a whole rest of the season to play up here in Big Ten country. This is a running football league. Why? Because you got to play in that type of weather. That is why Heinrich Hardberg, well, he can't pass the ball regardless, but that's why the Huskers run the ball. That's how why almost every other Big Ten team runs the ball. But if you're going to come out here and make excuses for him on the weather, you can't just say that he's the best quarterback the Huskers have played all year. Well, Jason, I, I got to stop you right wise, there. I, I think he's the best quarterback that we have faced this year. Jason, I got to stop you there, too, because saying that Card isn't a good quarterback is also a terrible take on your end. He's a great quarterback. He's just not the best one we've seen all season. I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback. He's definitely better than Brendan Sullivan with Northwestern. How the point, dare you? Brendan Sullivan played his heart out this past week and beat Maryland. But the point being is this, B. So look, he had a bad game. Illinois beat Maryland. He he had a bad game, not because of the weather. He had a bad game because he played a great defense in the Nebraska Cornhuskers. They couldn't I'm they couldn't get a thing going on the way from our. Yeah, I'm not taking anything away from our defense. They stopped your guy who was going to lead the Big Ten in touchdowns. Mm. They didn't even let him score. Didn't sniff the end zone. That's what I'm saying, b That's how great our defense has been all season. And it continued again against Purdue, a team who's going to try and run it at you. And I would, uh, I would expect that it's going to continue into next week against Michigan State. This is the big difference of what the Huskers have been in recent years. 
The defense was good enough to keep us in games, but the offense still found a way to lose. This defense this year mm-hmm. is good enough to win games that our offense is going to try to lose. And, and JSL, that right there is the biggest thing. This offense tried to fumble the game away. They tried to lose to Purdue. They tried to lose to Northwestern. They even tried to lose to Illinois. This team, for the life of me, I cannot figure out how this offense does not have an identity yet. Because you cannot sit there and tell me that our best play is Harburg getting lucky throwing a deep pass because the defense blows its coverage because they know 10 out of 10 times he's running it. We've got two. That's the- we we have run the play action twice, and he's connected for a touchdown. Why in the hell have we only run it twice? Because you got to get so- him to start biting. That is what that is the you play right there. Start they gotta- the safety is up in the box every down because all we do is run with the quarterback. That's what we need to do. That is his best attribute. That's what we got to exploit out of him. And it's not just running the option. You got to run the speed option to the side. And we need if the D and bites on the running back when you cut off the running back's got to be trailing perfect enough to be able to get the second pitch because guess what when that safety crashes there's nobody on the outside it's a foot race for Emmett Johnson to the end zone Har- Harburg has to be able to learn how to hit the pitch after he breaks through the DN and have a later pitch but guess what that just opens up the field and that is why we say saw a uh, the long play action pass off of the speed option play action that resulted in a touchdown just like the week before. Now, Scoopers, I want you to, to take everything that JSL just did and throw it out the window because that is not the case. Bisol, the reason why we don't <laughs> run more play actions, from? the reason why we don't run more play actions is because we don't have the blocking for it. But I mean, we don't have. That's, that great that's of an, an atrocious line. take. No, the we reason that we don't run not... play action is because, yeah, oh, it is. The is reason Bryce Benhart a first-round draft pick? No. No, but we have, above, we have above average. What about Tiesel, your buddy Tiesel. Tanner Corcoran? Do you want to, do you want to know Corcoran, my bad. Turner, not we Tanner, have above but yes. Above the, average block. The reason that the Huskers are not running play action is one, one simple fact. And that is the fact that Marcus Satterfield has no idea how to call plays. He would rather call a straight up pass with a running quarterback. He calls on fourth and one, a goddamn draw out of the shotgun. Are you freaking kidding me? Yes, that should have been definitely under center there. Do the bush push. Poland Eagles, it works 99% of the time. It's called the tush push, Jason. Learn or the brotherly shove. Call it the right Until he gets his trophy back, it's the bush push. But the point being is this. Our offensive line is definitely not above average. It's below average because our offense will be scoring a lot more points because we have talented running backs, and yet they can't seem to find a hole because there's never a hole there because our offensive line is not great. I'm not saying they're trash. I'm just telling you, you know, they might be 
a trash, you know, they're a recycle bin. They're not trash. They're a recycle well, bin. We're not out here. I'm not out here saying that we got Michigan's offensive line out here or, you know, Minnesota, but we got a competitive offensive line this year that is going to keep us, keep Heinrich back there protected and give him an opportunity to get to the outside to run the ball. But we need to run the ball more. You can't just drop back in the pocket because our guys are not good at pass blocking. They are better at run blocking. Get them moving forward. Right. Completely agree. And I got to ask you guys, coming out of this Purdue game, what oh, is you, your you agree top... with that, Bissell? You agree uh, that Harburg is a, had a fantastic game running? Then explain his 19 carries for 22 yards. Because Tiesel. of this offensive line that likes to run block. Tiesel, Harburg did enough when he was running the ball on the ground. How about 20, Emmett Johnson 20... out there? Because he was pitching the ball to Emmett Johnson. That's why Emmett Johnson had more yards. 76 yards is pretty good with how our offense runs the ball or passes the ball as well. Now, let's let's get back to this. What was your biggest takeaway from the game here? That our defense is going to keep us in games and give us the opportunity to win the game. Our offense is terrible, and there, there's nothing else to take away from it. It's not yeah. like Purdue has a stellar defense. Our offense is flat-out pathetic. Our QB... So, J-Salt, congratulations. It, it took you to go to the game, CSB Purdue, to realize something that we've all realized since the Illinois game, that this defense is going to keep us in games and make them winnable. Congratulations. Took you a couple extra weeks, but we've already been there. So you learned your, it. You learned your it. Top, you uh, learned that. Takeaway. You learned that one week. You learned that one week after getting trounced off your own field. What was it? Forty-seven to seven because we barely scored at the end of the game. Uh, Forty-five. You... Uh, Forty-five to seven. Thank you. Uh, uh, close Chris enough. Stills. Who cares? It was a blowout. And the next week we go ahead and we barely beat a terrible Illinois team. And you're out here this, saying, but but this defense, if you go back. Michigan is the outlier. They kept you in every game. Colorado, they got tired come the fourth quarter. So don't even bring that up because got they were on the field a ridiculous. Got they were whooped on. on the field a ridiculous amount. What, then you're going to bring up you... non-power fives after this? Come on, NIU and Louisiana Tech, you're going to bring up these Those games are games now? that you should win. I'm telling you right now, this defense, it was apparent in Illinois that they're going to keep you in games. It was apparent against Minnesota's, you know, stellar offense as well. No, you could not have known this after the Illinois game. Illinois had beaten a power five at that. I can't, I can't that help point. that it takes you a couple extra weeks to break down what everybody else has seen. T, what All right. is your well, biggest takeaway? Well, you're still buying into this offense. Well, here's here's my my biggest takeaway with this team. They're winning the games they're supposed to win, and. I'm I mean, you guys, your guys are giving all the credit to the defense for, you know, closing out the game because the offense tried to fumble it away in the words of Esau. I'm not giving full credit to the defense because I mean, we've had we've had a couple good defenses in the past that still couldn't close out games, even though they did everything they were supposed to. I'm giving 100 percent credit to the coaching because that's been the number one difference maker from the last few years to this year is. When all of a sudden you're you have a game on the line, you know it's hanging in the balance, and we closed them out except for that Minnesota game week one. But you know what? I'm chalking that one up to the fact that that was the old team 
the old coaching, they fell into their old habits, and we seem to have fixed that now. We're talking about three weeks in a row we've been able to close the door on opponents, and I expect that to continue through the season. If the game is winnable and it's right there, I think we're going to grab it and close it. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think Minnesota is going to prove to be more of an outlier than, than a habit like it had been in the past. Uh, team kind of self-destructed there. Now they are starting to close it out. But again, you both are missing what opportunity I was giving you here. The biggest takeaway from this game is that there is no more quarterback battle. Harburg got knocked out. He had a bloody lip. They took him out of the game. You gave Jeff Sims a series. You let him get warmed up. You put him out there. And that was arguably... What should have played right into his strength? You were going to come out. You were going to run the ball. The goal was to get some first downs, chew up clock, and get down the field. And Jeff Sims could not do that. And that right there tells you that the quarterback battle is done. This is Harburg's team the rest of the way. I agree it's going to be Harburg's team the rest of the way. But how are you out here giving, you know, Hudson Card the benefit of the doubt with the weather? And you're not going to give Jeff Sims the benefit of the doubt. The dude was standing on the sidelines for the entire game I'm, in a 20-degree weather. I'm not and you're taking asking anything him, away from You're that. asking him to I'm go out you- there and run the ball, first of all. But not only run the ball when you're under center, you're running it now from the shotgun. You got to get one yard. Guess what? That just changed. You got to get six yards now. Jay, that is a pathetic Jay, take right there. You got to blame Satterfield. Take. I'm sorry. You have to blame uh, Satterfield. Was, the guy's the been nickname? freezing on the What was the nickname well. you donned him? What was the nickname you gave Jeff Sims through two games of the season? Jeff throws a pick Sims. Did he throw okay. a pick? Did uh, he throw a no, pick? No, because they didn't let him throw the ball. Guess what he did? He did come out and he turned the freaking ball over. Oh, like Harburg never turned it over. I'm not saying he didn't, but it shows you Harburg had more drives in the game without turning the ball over. Jeff Sims <laughs> continues his streak of turning the ball over every third drive at a minimum. That's how turnover prone he's been this year. It has been ridiculous to watch. And the fact that he came out and turned the ball over again, nothing against him. I hope he gets it figured out because the kid is talented, but this is Harburg's team moving forward. Harburg lost two of his own fumbles. Both of them are fumble prone. You can't take away that this guy came into a game in a 30-degree weather in the fourth quarter at the end, and your coach is having him run from the shotgun when he's got to get one yard. Yes, the ball's going to be a little loose. First of all, it's 30 degrees outside. The guy's been standing on the sidelines. I was cold in the stands. If I don't... you get your opportunity after losing your job, so what is why the are one you giving Hudson Card do? benefit no, of the doubt? What is why the you one thing you are going to do? So how, You are going to how make sure you hold on to the ball. You're going to make Hudson sure Card. you don't make that How mistake. is Hudson Card the best quarterback the Huskers have played all year? I I got to know that now. Hudson Card, mind you, yeah. had a 10.6 QBR, two interceptions, only one touchdown. He was 16 for 32. He was 50% passing. I, 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 I am how telling this you right guy? now, the way he maneuvered in the pocket, the way he broke free, Purdue dropped passes. I'm not taking that away. The Husker defense played outstanding against him. But if you were watching the way he maneuvered in the pocket, escaped out of pressures, and read the field and threw the ball, Nebraska was lucky Purdue's receivers suck. Because that's, that's why Purdue Card, had one touchdown. Yeah. He also fumbled the ball as well. You're forgetting this. This guy is so you would take Hudson Card over Jeff Sims. Yes. You would be cheering for a two and 16 
Um, no, I think if you put Hudson card with the Nebraska skill position players, I think he would be in the same situation. We are at a minimum of five and three. Well, I'm going to change the subject here. I'm going to disagree with that because our offensive line cannot block like that. They're more of a run blocking type of team. They're a rushing team. That is why the Huskers have been successful and been able to come out in some of these games, because guess what? They are running the clock, which is making the games go quicker. The defense doesn't have to be on the field as much. They only got to get so many stops. If you put up two to three touchdowns, you're in games, competitive games, winning games. This defense is keeping you in the games. It doesn't matter what quarterback. Um, Jason, so I'm I'm going to tell you right now, this is the first game all season that we did not have a closer to even split between rush and pass attempts. And that was because of the weather. Satterfield still came out and wanted to throw the ball in the first play of the game. Ridiculous. Maybe he's just realizing it's not because of the weather. It's it's because of his, you know, player there. You're asking him to do something. Why is he he coming out and doing it? Why is that the play you're putting in if you're realizing that that's not your quarterback? You should have realized it four weeks ago when he took over. Guess the rest what? He's of the just country realizing did. this week just like me. He's just realizing it just like me. Oh, it just dawned on you, huh? Yep, not after the Illinois game. Jay, so if, if you had Jeff Sims out there on the field, you'd never win another game. We'd lose the rest of the season. If that Jeff is not Sims true. Was our starting That's quarterback. not true. I think Harburg is the starter the rest of the way. He's bought The team is bought yeah. into him. Yeah, I will say because that. We keep but I, you can't just you can't just say that Jeff Sims is terrible because he I'm, came he out. He is no, terrible. No, nobody has said. He's, okay, T's, I'm saying he's, he's terrible. terrible. Yes, I'm, I'm, not I'm pulling his scholarship at this point. I'm no, pulling his scholarship. I'm pulling a Dion. He is a great backup. He is a great. I'll bring in a better guy next year. See ya. Speaking speaking of your little boyfriend there, T Cell. Did you hear what Dion said about that offensive line play off this last game? And do you blame him? Um, I can tell you right now, if I was a scholarship offensive lineman, I would make sure that Shadir was on his ass the rest of the season. Well, please, so then you're going to, you you're going to pull my freaking scholarship. You're going to pull my scholarship. Guess what? <sighs> Goodbye. I'll find a coach who knows my worth. I've got I mean, enough you, tape at that point. You knew what you signed up for with him. That's the yep. way he held it from the beginning. So I don't feel sorry for any offensive line who decided nope. to transfer there when he just pulled that on the entire team before they got there. You know, yeah. that's tough I, love, buddy. I, you did it to I the guy before you. you, and somebody else is going to come in and replace you. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't right like now. That I, I, I would have Shadira on his ass the entire season if I was one of those offensive linemen. The fact... The fact that they are blaming well, the O-line on everything. Bissell, no, if you were one of those his... offensive linemen, you wouldn't have to do anything because Shadir's already on his ass every play because they suck. I'm, so I'm if they took the right playoff, now, it's no different. But, but to blame but to blame the O-line and not hold the entire offensive side of the ball accountable for these mistakes that Colorado's been having is a joke, and it shows that Dion continues to play favoritism and continues to treat certain players different than other players. And well, if you that didn't think is that why, was going to happen, that is why that is why he will not be successful as a head coach in the long run. Well, be so. He is clearly what I'm telling play you. favorites. That's his son. And yes, they are terrible. But also, T, you can't just be blaming the offensive line. Shadir is sitting in the pocket. There are opportunities for this guy to take off and run. He is one of the fastest guys on Colorado, and that says a lot. But instead, he runs backwards to try to throw the ball, to try to show the NFL that this guy has an opportunity at the next level. Use your legs and continue to win games. This team could be better than they are. 
Well, Jay, so what I'm telling you is this. Out of all the teams we played this year, and yes, this includes Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech, Colorado had the worst offensive line. We were in the backfield hitting Shadir Sanders on every play, and he ran out of a bunch of sacks and a bunch of tackles. I think we ended the game with eight sacks against those guys, and we ended with eight sacks against Northwestern as well, but Northwestern's quarterback just stood there like a plank, and so you know it was just free licks for the, for the defensive line. For, I mean, Sanders was running all over the field, and he was still taking shots. So, yeah, that is easily the worst offense. I mean, dude, they, they would have a better chance with Louisiana Tech's offensive line at Colorado. And, again, I don't feel bad because when Dion came in, he told everybody, I got my Gucci bags, see ya, adios, I'm bringing in my own guys. And if you're one of his own guys, you don't live up to the hype, he's going to replace you just like you replaced the guy before you. You know, it's just the way that he's running things in Colorado. I don't feel bad because – you as the player didn't feel bad when you did it to the guy before you. So I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not I, you know, you're getting a taste of your own medicine. No, I'm not saying I feel, feel bad because bad. they're, yeah, that because they're getting, so you Guess were what? over there playing the, the smallest violin. All I said was if I was an offensive lineman and I'm the person getting called out in this situation, I can tell you right now his his son would be on his ass until Dion learns that this is a team sport. Well, you can't, be, put, so. you can't put you can't put those guys on blast like that when they were giving 110%. And Shadir is standing back there taking forever to read the field. Bissell, their 110% is still leading to Shadir on his ass. So if the offensive line, what I'm telling you is if the offensive line is taking plays off, it's no change because somebody's coming untouched every play. Hey, uh, that is the hey, worst offensive hey, line I've hey, ever, ever seen. You ever see the movie The Longest Yard? You know when he yeah. uh, when he when he sits out and he decides he's going to throw the game because the warden's going to let him out, and then he yeah. you know feels bad and he comes back in and the offensive line lets him get his ass smoked. Yeah, that is Shadir first series of this next game. Guarantee it. It's it's Shadir first series of every game, B. So you clearly haven't watched that many Colorado games. I mean, Colorado State's no. D line was eating them up. That's that's where I really started questioning our defense. Like, are we as good as we thought? Because our sex fell off the table, but then we picked them back up and like, no, no, our defense is that good. It's just Colorado is also that bad. Well, let me tell you, Colorado and Shadir could open up the field for him to be able to get the ball out quicker if he started using his legs once in a while. All these teams are just running a zone defense, and it's hard for the wide receivers and Jimmy Horn and Weaver and Travis Hunter to find an opening out there. So Shadir just rolls out to the right, then back to the left till somebody gets open. But guess what? Nobody, they're not having anyone on the defense spy Shadir because nobody is scared of him using his legs when he is one of the fastest guys on the field. You cannot just be out here blaming the offensive line for letting Shadir get hit when Shadir should have already picked up 10, 15 yards. The point being is this. Our defense is legit, and um, Rule holds his team different than what Deion does. So he's not going to just go out to Jeff Sims and, and take a scholarship from him. That's what Deion's going to do in Colorado, but that's what those guys signed up for. They knew what they were getting into. So it's not a shock if it happens to them. If Matt Rule walks over to Jeff Sims and, and pulls his scholarship, that would be a shock to Jeff Sims, and that's not going to happen. He's going to try and coach him up in the offseason, but I also don't think that he's going to go into next year 
with Jeff Sims and Harbaugh and nobody else, I think he's going to bring in another quarterback or maybe another two quarterbacks. And let's have a, a you know, a four person battle in the spring and two, you guys can transfer out if you want. Otherwise we'll go in with four quarterbacks. Yeah. He's definitely got to bring in better quarterbacks. If that's, if this Satterfield's offense is what we are going to be running down the road, you need a quarterback that is, he needs to be a dual threat, but I want a better arm. I mean, Harburg, he throws from a weird slot every time. Yes, he sometimes gets it there, but he's a little shaky. And, you know, his legs really do make up for it. But until Satterfield starts calling more of this type of style game where you're going to run the ball over and over and Harburg gets better at the option pitch, then I think we need to start looking elsewhere. So, Jay, so pretty much Matt Rule's not going to pull Jeff Sims scholarship, but Harburg throwing six for 11 also doesn't look good. So we definitely need to see some changes at quarterback next year, at least some new guys to come in and push these guys. Yeah. I, I think we're all in agreement here. If for whatever reason, Satterfield's back next year, there's going to be some changes at quarterback, whether that's Danny Kalen or somebody out of the transfer portal. Uh, but let's, uh, let's move on here. I gotta, I gotta get your guys's take on the news fresh off the press here. Our little brother in the state next door, that horrible yellow and black team that thrives off of mediocrity, they seem to be making changes. News broke today. They are moving on from Brian Ferentz at the end of the season, and I got to tell you, I think that's four games too late, but what do I know? Yeah, it's definitely a little too late. But as a Husker fan, let me tell you something. That is not something I like to see. This is a guy I want to play year in, year out. He is a terrible offensive coordinator. He is a terrible coach in general. I was hoping his dad was just going to string him along forever. I mean, he let a 4-8 and Husker team beat him last year and keep them out of going to the Big Ten championship. I will have you know we were 3-8 and when we played them. He yes, helped us four get and eight. to four. Four and eight by the end of the year. It was a four and eight team. I'm not going to say they were a three and eight team. They were four and eight team. He let a three-win squad come in and beat him is what it amounts to. Well, that was less on Iowa's offense and more on their defense because they didn't have an answer for Trey Palmer. But my thought on the Iowa thing is I think it's stupid. I think it's a horrible move. I mean, you're talking about a six and two squad tied for first in the Big Ten West with three other teams, and you're firing your offensive coach for what? If I mean, if you guys were dropping games here and there, yeah, you know, maybe I could jump on board with that, but you're talking no. about losing to I, Penn State, who most people lose to, and then losing to Minnesota, who's also tied at the top of the Big Ten West. It's two, two good losses. They're not bad losses. So I'm just, I think it's a bad move for Iowa. I, I think there's I think there's more behind the scenes. I think they're ready to move on from Ference altogether. And the first step in getting him to want to leave is to get rid of his son. However, I do have to just admire the fact he I think you're the only person who took his advice and grabbed that stepladder and crawled out of his ass because there is nobody else in the world who's sitting here saying those are two good losses. Everybody else is sitting here saying this is a team that hasn't had an offensive identity in the last four years. This is a team who can't score. This is a team who turned around and got a transfer quarterback off a playoff team last year and still couldn't score the ball. 
Well, Bisa, I believe I was the one who tried to tell you that that was a terrible hire by uh, Iowa bringing in the quarterback from Michigan. The guy got shut out in the playoffs, so how good could he really be? And now we find out that he's stealing everyone's plays. Mm -hmm. He knows exactly what the defense is running and still couldn't hit a freaking pass to save his life. So, yeah, doesn't shock me that he, he goes to an offense that's already not very good and expects to all of a sudden be good. No, that's not how it works, pal. My thought is this. I think it's a bad move for Iowa doing in the middle of the season. I would have fired that guy after last year, but you know what? You already kind of, you know, you chose your horse and you're riding your horse right now. And there's no reason to fire him right now. You're a six and two ball. A, a, but a that's, six and two squad. that's the thing. They just announced he won't be back next year. They said, yeah. Hey Brian, Hey Brian, it's been real end of the season. You're done, but we hope you coach us to a bowl game and uh, keep calling plays. If I was him, absolutely not. You can kiss my ass. I'll be walking out the door. I would pull the biggest Bo Pelini there is. I would drop a recording, trash in everybody, and I would I would be walking out the door. And speaking of dropping that recording, trash in everybody, I, I just got to ask because I admire the way people speak their mind when they're being recorded. And listen, Bo Pelini spoke his mind. He didn't know he was being recorded. That recording was never supposed to be released. However, Dabo Sweeney was on his radio show today, and some guy called and asked how he felt about being overpaid for a 4-4 four and four season this year. And Dabo gave a five-minute lecture to this guy over the phone and said he's a master at his craft, he has been doing it for 15 years. And if he thinks he can do so much better than him, you might as well apply for the job that when he started coaching at Clemson, there was an appreciation for wins. And because of how consistent he has been at winning, it's gone from appreciation to an expectation and nobody's ever happy anymore. And he basically said, you guys can kick me out the door, but you'll never win again. And I got to applaud Dabo there because he built that program to relevancy. They've won what is it, two championships in the last seven years? There's not a lot of teams that can say that. And in the last seven years, there's only two other teams that can say that, and that's Alabama and that's Georgia. And so for the for the fan base to be upset with Dabo, I hope he leaves them, and I hope he leaves them in ruins. We should have known something was up with you and Clemson coming on here wearing a bright orange sweatshirt. It's Gotta looking like a Clemson my sweatshirt. It, it, that is a crazy take right there. I can't believe somebody's going at Dabo either, that that guy is a stellar coach. But I think Matt Rule is changing around the program for the Huskers. I have not bought in yet, but I, I am Jay, damn so close I, because guess what? I said I, he needed to make a bowl game. We are one game away from a bowl game, and we are no. not just one game away from a bowl game. We have an opportunity. I have not bought in yet. I am not saying it's going to happen. We have an opportunity to go to the Big Ten Championship. A um, couple things there. I am bought into Matt Rule. By no means was I saying that they should let Matt Rule go and bring Dabo in. I was saying I applaud Dabo reaming this guy a new one on his radio show, knowing it was being recorded for the world to hear. That's all I was saying. However, Jaisal, I am bought into Matt Rule. I'll say that again. I'm here for it. And it's so nice to hear that you are 
off that train. Maybe you're waiting. I never said I was off the train. Maybe you're maybe you're waiting at that next platform, but I gotta tell you, it's nice to hear you're off that fire rule train. It's nice to hear you're buying in. And let's be let's be real, Jason. Let's let's just let's listen it. Let's let's reel it in here. We have felt comfy before. He needs still needs to win one more game till we are going bowling. That's fine. Don't forget that. Yeah, I, I get that. However, at the beginning of the season, who out of this panel said this team could compete for the Big Ten West title? The team I picked is still competing for the Big Ten West title. B-Sell. They are tied with the Huskers. B Cell, you didn't say this team was competing for the Big Ten West title. You said this team was taking the Big Ten West title. And we're not there yet. You know, we're a little over halfway. We got a lot in front of us, including Wisconsin and Iowa. So yes. I wouldn't be sitting you're, here claiming taking, that you, you now, nailed all the just, you know all the darts in the bullseye because that hasn't happened. No, okay? oh, he thinks so. Tisa, Tisa, let's let's just go off of this here. I threw out one, as you would call it, hot take for the season, and that was Nebraska to be in the Big Ten championship game and the Orange Bowl. Uh, I never said Orange, as Bowl, your sweatshirt says, it. Orange Bowl. You, however, threw out Taking fifteen hot takes. <laughs> Tsol threw out fifteen hot takes this year again, all at the beginning of the season, none of which are going to come to fruition. That true, though. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, USC only undefeated college football team. Uh, I'm sorry. I think you get half points, losses. though. You get I, half points, though, if the Pac-12 is the only playoff team that's undefeated. That's half points. I just called the wrong one out of the Pac-12. Yeah, no, you don't get, that, you don't get half, half points, points for any of that. You give no. half points for that? Yeah, I mean, you, uh, if no. you get none of the others, I might give you a half a point if that happens. <laughs> Tulia Tungavaloa will be in New York for the Heisman ceremony. I didn't that, say that. I uh, said he was the best the in the Big Ten, play and he tape. is the best in the Big Ten. He um, is is he not the best in the Big Ten? He leads the be- uh, the Big Ten in passing yards. Congratulations! So I would say he's the best quarterback in the Big Ten because yeah. Kyle McCord is average, and JJ McCarthy is below average on the best team in college football. So yeah, congratulations. Well, that's just a horrible take because Michigan is not the best team in college football. So okay. let's move okay, on to the two. next one oh. here. Uh, Devin Mockaby will have more touchdowns than Gabe Irvin. And, he does. And <laughs> he Cash. will have... Got to get rid of that pause. <laughs> he will have 14 total touchdowns on the season. Bezel, the last time I checked, the season wasn't over yet. You can't be claiming this stuff so, when the season ain't over So in the, next, in the next four weeks, Devin Mockaby is going to come out and score 10 touchdowns. Bezel, anything is possible, my man? Devin Mockaby let's just be real, is going to score 10 touchdowns in three of those four weeks because they have Michigan this coming week. Oh, so what I'm telling you is this. If Purdue's running back room has 14 touchdowns or more, I'm counting that for half credit. Jason, are you giving half credit? Half a point. Half credit. (laughs) Just like you wanted to give Gabe Irvin that touchdown, at the beginning he of the season, should have had the touchdown, and that's a whole if other thing. We could argue about the terrible referees that we've seen. Now, and if he didn't, if he didn't get hurt, he would have got it half a yep, point. Yep, half a point. Half a point. Half if a he point. didn't get hurt, he was supposed to have seven touchdowns by Colorado. Half a point. Half a point. 
And nope. it was by Michigan. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Next one. <laughs> Northwestern will beat Minnesota and cost PJ Fleck his job. I'm sorry, Chiesel. PJ got the good old win this past weekend. And he's Which not might going mean nothing. If Iowa comes out this week and loses to Northwestern because they have they created their own controversy in the locker room for some reason, if they lose that, guess what? That Iowa win all of a sudden doesn't mean that much anymore. No, but it means that Northwestern loss is not as bad as you originally thought. And lastly, Maryland. Maryland will surprise and be the third best team in the Big Ten East. Now, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If they beat beat Penn State, they're a better team than Penn State. Jason, is that true? Is that a true statement? If they beat Penn State, they're better than Penn State. No. I mean, they would be better than Penn State. Yes, but it would come down to schedule. However, losing to Illinois, losing to Illinois is a lot against you. And losing to Northwestern the next week is just, it's a dagger right there. That I, I think I'm sorry. Come back. We we didn't even do that. That might we say more about Penn State. That we might can. say more about Penn State than anything else. Now, T, here's... points? No, no. no. If they beat Penn State, I get full credit. If they beat Penn State, I get full credit. First off, or I don't if they even beat Ohio State, full credit. I don't even think Maryland's better than Rutgers. Okay, then you got nothing to worry about. Over there shaking in your bright orange shirt. What what am I shaking about? I'm not giving you half points on any of this crap. At the end of the season, Maryland will be the fifth best team in the East. Fifth. Fifth? All right. We're jotting that down. How Put it on the you, board. How can they possibly be fifth? Um, they will be ranked behind Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Rutgers, and then you will have Maryland at five. So you think Rutgers is just going to run the table, huh? I, I you think forget this, uh... that Rutgers still has to play Ohio State, Iowa, Penn State, and Maryland, and that's probably four losses for Rutgers. Listen, T, you can call them four losses here, but that Buckers team is going to come out and they're going to do fantastic. <laughs> All right, Jason, lock in his hot take. Rutgers is going to finish third in the Big Ten East. Uh, don't change any of that wording. I said Maryland would finish fifth. And Rutgers would then be third in your book. Uh, nope, I said they would be ahead of Maryland. I did not lock them in a third. In fact, when I listed them off, I said fourth. But it is fun that you try to twist words around because your hot takes are outrageous that you need to make everybody else's sound that way they're not outrageous be so they happen like you said a half credit and pj fleck pj if pj fleck gets fired after this season or right before the end of the season i want you to send out a public apology on tiktok fired in 2027 half points that's right i i want half points if he gets another four years half public Are you willing to to lock that in? A public TikTok saying about how my hot takes hit and you suck. Um, If PJ Fleck gets fired before the end of the season, I will will put something out there to tell you. Right after the season. Your hot take was he will not make it through the year. Will not make it through the year. If you 
technically the college football year ends <laughs> after the big or the college football playoff and championship. Therefore, if he's fired anytime in December, it still counts as before the year ends. No, well, what not. about the scoop? The scoop runs through season three, goes up to the you know That's the very draft. True. So does it yeah. go all the way up until the draft? Yeah. Yeah, and I take last the full year. Full uh, year, baby. And it just because we're just gonna give him a half point now, but he could earn the other half point later. I've already got three quarter points on this. I already got three quarters. <laughs> cause cause I doubled down. I that's why. I doubled down on Northwestern beating Minnesota. So that's three quarter points right there. I traded two quarters for a third. So therefore, I only have to hit, you know, if 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 there's just rumblings of him being fired, technically I cash. I cash a quarter. I don't get the full two quarters because he wasn't let go, but that's a full cash in my book. That is also yeah. not not only T Cell had only one a terrible more hot take. take. T-Cell had one more hot take on the year that could still come true. And that is Northwestern making a bowl game. He is the only one that said Northwestern was going to make a bowl game. And guess what? They still have Illinois and Purdue on the schedule. Along I'm already, with Wisconsin I'm already and Iowa. Jason, I'm already clocking Iowa that as making a bowl well. game. There's no chance they lose to Purdue and Illinois. I don't think there is either. However, I am not going to count my chickens before they hatch here. But thanks but, for bringing that up, Jaysaw. Another hot take that goes in T. Soul's favor. One of ten. This guy's I, a I Hall believe, of Famer. Yeah, I believe you were just the one who said, there's a lot of season left there. Are you sure about that? <laughs> sure about Are you that? sure about that? <laughs> Now, let's get down to the nitty-gritty here, boys. How confident are you feeling? And Maybe you're not confident. This Saturday, 11 a.m., East Lansing, 0-5 in the Big Ten, the Michigan State Spartans. Well, b I'll start this one off. I'm confident, and I think there's about a 0% chance that we lose. Now, I'm not going to come out and say that we're going to cover the three or three and a half because I don't trust our offense. I think it's likely that we will, but Michigan state plays us tough. We play them tough. It always seems to be a competitive game. So I'm just going to tell you this. We're going to knock out Michigan state. We've been winning the games we're supposed to win. This is another game we're supposed to win. And this finishes out our, you know, four in a row that we should easily have won. You know, when we were after the Michigan game, we were all talking about that. So I fully expect us to walk in here and beat Michigan state. I am going to be taking the Huskers in this one as well. I think that it's going to come down to Michigan State's defense is really that bad, and their offense is also that bad. I don't think our offense is going to go out there and you know run this game away. I'm not taking them with the points either. I'm going to be able, I'm going to be taking them just to win outright and take the money line on the Huskers because I think our defense locks up en- enough that Noah Kim is not going to be able to do anything against this Husker defense. I expect him to come out with more interceptions. He's already got six on the year with only six touchdowns and i don't see the defense giving up a rushing touchdown to carter on the ground i think this is going to be a close game however in east lansing i think it's a tough place to play especially at night i know that michigan state's going through a lot of 
controversy this season. However, it is late in the year. This is Big Ten football, and the Huskers are in town. This is a team that the Huskers lost to on the road because of a bad punt the last time they played. I see this game coming down to one score. I think it's going to be 17-14, to 14, and I think our special teams gets the job done along with our defense. Now, Jason, I, I agree with you. I, I do think the defense has played well. I think special teams has played well. Um, I, however, am going to disagree with you both on this. I don't think this game is going to be close. I I think Michigan State will not be able to stop the running attack of Nebraska. I do think it's going to be a healthy dose of Noah Kim. I think he's going to drop back, probably throw 40, 42 maybe passes in this game. Um, I think he'll probably complete about the same percentage that Hudson Card did, um, you know, close to that 50% of it. It's just going to depend if they go for touchdowns or not, depend to give Michigan State a score. Carter's going to get nothing going on the ground. Um, I also think Alvano is going to get a handful of looks at some long field goals to build his confidence moving forward. I like the Huskers in this one. I'm going to call 30. 30 to 10 here. So how do you feel, Bissell, that this terrible, quote-unquote from you, terrible Michigan State team put up a better fight against Rutgers than they did to Maryland? Um, yeah. I think that tells you that tells you all you need to know. Um, they went on the road to Rutgers, which is an easy stadium to take over. And... Rutgers doesn't always show up necessarily, but Rutgers knows how to close a game out with Greg Schiano. Um The Scarlet Knights will take a take a win any way they can get, and I can tell you right now, you can compare apples to oranges all you want. Maryland is the fifth fifth best team in the East, and it's not even a question. Well, I didn't lock in my score, and. I guess I need to. I'm going to lock in the Huskers winning this game. I'm going to give them 20, and I'll give Michigan State 14. That doesn't, think sound, like a, that doesn't sound like a T-cell score there, my friend. What's a T-cell I, score? I believe a T-cell score is one that makes uh, very little sense. Like, uh, how about 13 to 12, like you picked at the beginning of the year? I It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me, but... B, so what I'm telling you is this. Michigan State this year seems to be more decimated than what we thought from the beginning of the year. We expected them to take a downturn because of Mel Tucker, but now it's, you know, it's gotten bad. It's it's tough for the situation. Ultimately, Michigan State's going to just start looking for the offseason, for their coach search, you know, for the the future, you know, and, and clearing out who, who else needs to be cleared out of the Michigan State board room and, you know, athletic department, all, all the stuff where things are going wrong. They're going to clean house. And I just want to give a shout out to my buddy, Ryan Jump, Michigan State fan. You know, we, we were, we as Nebraska fans were in this situation, I feel like three or four years ago when we ended up bringing in Scott Frost, who ended up being, you know, it feels like the death of the program. So, you know, you're Michigan State. You're better than an 0-5 conference record. You'll be back. You know, that's, that's what I'm going to say about Michigan State. You'll be back. You got the money. You're in the Big Ten. You know, you'll pass up these teams. You know, you know Michigan's got their own problems. You know, your cross-state rival. 
Michigan State will be back. It's a program that people would love to coach at. There's no reason at all that Michigan State couldn't pull a coach like Nebraska, pulling Matt Rule, or Wisconsin, and pulling the guy from Cincinnati, you know? So that's what I'm going to say. I think Michigan State is a program that a lot of people would love to go coach at because it's a desirable program. You can do a lot there. Thanks for joining us for another week of the Sully Scoop. You're here with Jason. Be salt. And T-Sol. And don't forget to follow and like and leave a comment if you want to be on a grandstand gossip with the Sully crew. Go Big Red.